Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Thank you for being with us. President Trump making his return back to Twitter, or as it is now known, X last week after his indictment, tweeting a picture of his mugshot with the caption, election interference, never surrender. The president spoke to our friend Greg Kelly on Newsmax immediately after the arraignment and said these radical district attorneys and prosecutors are bringing all these indictments for one purpose only, to wear him out. And he said they will never wear him out. This is a weaponized Justice Department and all of these indictments and cases, I have a couple of cases that are not indictments, they're just cases where you have these left lawyers suing uh, on like a woman that I never saw before other than I guess she took a picture 25 years ago on a, uh, on a line, on a uh, contributor's line or something, or charity line. Uh, everything, it's just like one thing after the, the next. And what they want to do is they want to try and wear you out, which they never do. But they want to wear you to about just an absolute horrible thing that they're doing. And I've never seen anything like it. This is third world country. And I really believe they're getting hit by it. You know, we were going, there were tremendous crowds in Atlanta. And they were so friendly, so friendly. But this is a radical left district attorney, as we have in New York and as we have in all the other places, whether it's district attorney or AGs, we have that in New York. They're going after all for nothing. I mean, the AG case, they have no case against me at all. They do it to try and get elected, but they also do it in, in court with the Department of Injustice in Washington. Terrible thing. God bless President Trump and all Americans who are rallying around him. The Marxist Dems and the deep state aren't even trying to conceal their intentions to destroy this man. Our support is critical to assure they fail in that effort and that the republic prevails. President Trump was sorely missed at last week's Fox News Republican debate, not by his eight rivals, but by Fox, certainly. The Trumpless debate drew a dismal audience of just 12.8 million viewers, dismal ratings compared to President Trump's first debate at this point in the 2015 campaign. With Trump, Fox drew an audience of 24 million viewers. Without Trump, Fox lost just about half its audience. President Trump setting new records in his interview with Tucker Carlson on X, formerly known as Twitter, some 250 million views on X. Memo to whoever is directing U.S. foreign policy these days in the Biden regime, you might want to rethink, well, a lot of things, but certainly Russian sanctions. They seem to be backfiring. While the United States and Europe lost trillions in wealth last year, the Swiss bank UBS reports that Russian wealth grew by $600 billion, and the number of Russian millionaires grew by 56,000, up to more than 400,000 millionaires. Brilliant idea, these Biden sanctions. And like so many of his ideas, 
or whoever has his ideas, they don't pan out. Over the weekend, the first son, Hunter Biden, downsized, you'll be pleased to know, and moved into a new home in Malibu with his wife and his three-year-old son. Hunter reportedly moved out of his $20,000 a month lodgings into cheaper lodgings into a $16,000 a month rental. $16,000 a month. Average national rentals run about $2,000 a month, and it makes you wonder how Hunter Biden can afford $200,000 a year in just rent. He has sold a few pieces of art to some of his father's employees at the White House, but it's unclear if Hunter Biden even has a job right now. We all have a hunch, don't we, about where Hunter does get his money. The Daily Mail reporting over the weekend the Ukrainian prosecutor named Viktor Shokin who Joe Biden had fired when he was vice president for Mr. Obama, spoke out on the bribery and corruption that he witnessed. I do not want to deal in unproven facts, but my firm personal conviction is that, yes, this was the case. They were being bribed. The fact that Joe Biden gave away $1 billion in uh, U.S. Uh, money in exchange for my dismissal, my firing. Isn't that alone a case of corruption? That's evidence of criminality, and Victor Shokin may well play a prominent role in the investigations into the Biden regime and its corruption. Our guest today is one of the leading Republicans fighting for President Trump and for the American people. Congressman Jim Jordan, he's chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, the Weaponization Subcommittee as well, and a new probe Chairman Jordan calling for investigations into the Fannie Willis District Attorney prosecution down in Fulton County, Georgia. First of all, Congressman, great to have you with us. Thank you for everything you and your committees are doing. This, as we learn more about this district attorney, your call for the investigation, all the more important. Tell us where your committee is at this moment. Well, we want to know, did, did she coordinate with the federal government? Uh, was, was the Biden Justice Department working with her? The same Biden Justice Department, of course, that with, through the special counsel is going after his, his, his you know, presidential uh, opponent, going after President Trump, his likely opponent, I think, I think extremely likely opponent in the general election. Were they working with, uh, with, with Fonnie Willis's office working with, with the federal government? Were they working with Jack Smith? There's been reports that they've talked to some of the same people. Um, so we want to know that. And then, frankly, another important question is, uh, were, were you using federal funds to go after President Trump and these 18 other in, individuals? We did the same thing. We sent a similar type of letter to Alvin Bragg several months ago when uh, the Manhattan DA uh, did his ridiculous uh, uh, indictment of, of President Trump. And we found that in that, that situation that they, they were, in fact, using federal funds in the in the investigation to go after um President Trump. So that's one of the questions we asked it. And in the in the Alvin Bragg uh, DA's office, they brought in a, a Justice Department official, detached him uh, to support yeah. their their investigation of Donald Trump and subsequent indictment. Exactly. exactly right. And they also sued us. They also took us to court. The House Judiciary Committee took us to court when we asked to talk with one of the individuals involved in that investigation, and the court ruled in our favor, and that, that particular individual uh, actually came and was deposed. We had a deposition with Mr. Pomerantz um, a few months ago as well. So uh, we, we want to know some of this. So we're asking some of the same questions. We want to know what we think it's important for the country to know what's, what's going on here, particularly, as I said, when it's the Biden Justice Department 
that is in the process of indicting now in two locations in Miami and, and, and D.C. Uh, their their opponent in the presidential contest. Um, and now we, of course, have this this state prosecutor, Fonnie Willis, doing what she's doing with her ridiculous actions in uh, in Georgia. Do you think you'll find the same relationship between the uh, what I call here on this uh, podcast uh, the the Biden corrupt Department of Justice? Uh, do you think you're going to find the same relationship as with the Bragg DA office in Manhattan? Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the, the short answer is I don't know, but um, we do think, as I said, we think it's important for the country to get all the facts. We're in we're in truly unprecedented territory. I think just the, the country sees it for what it, I mean, remember, just just last night, the number of people who watched President Trump's interview uh, while this while the, the, the debate was happening um, uh, on the Republican side and, and President Trump chose not to go there. And, and yet the people tune in. I think the country sees the double standard. They see the unequal application of the law and they see how this. Uh, the swamp, the, the establishment, whatever you want to say, has been out to get President Trump now for several years, seven years, I would say. Um, so we're trying to get the facts and the information, make sure the country has it, in addition to some of the other investigations we're doing, which we think are, are, are very important. Uh, absolutely. And we're now we've entered the eighth year uh, of the political persecution of Donald yeah. Trump without uh, forestalling it uh, for even one moment. Here he is, as you point out, the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party. He is the leader of the Republican Party at this point. Uh, it, it's uh, it, it's re- remarkable. Uh, Fanny Willis, is a, it's her judgment here is bizarre because she's also calling for a trial as soon as October 23rd. Now, this is a woman yeah. who just pull together her indictments, uh, and according to reports, at the behest of the Department of Justice, which said they had to go on the Monday so that they could cover for the appointment of David Weiss as the special counsel. I I mean, this thing is a moving uh, circus, uh, this relationship (laughs) with the Department of Justice and and state and and local prosecutors. I I mean, this is absurd what we're watching. Yeah. But some of the things that were in the indictment, like, they, they cited tweet from President Trump as as you know actions taken over acts take, taken in furtherance of of this this racketeering statute that they're using as as, as the, the basis for what they're alleging is criminal activity. It's ridiculous. The, the chief of staff calls or texting a member of Congress and asks for a phone number. That was an overt act to further the conspiracy. Are you kidding me? So. When, when you kind of you look at what she's listed there and then you look at the history and the pattern that existed between Alvin Bragg and the, and, the, and the federal government and specifically the Justice Department, that's why we put the letter together. That's why we're asking these questions. And we'll see what the response is. But one of the things we, 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 we never take anything off the table in trying to get the facts and do our duty under the Constitution, which is our oversight duty to get the facts for the American people, get the facts for the Congress that can impact how we legislate and, frankly, how we appropriate the American people's tax dollars. 
Well, she has criminalized basically political discussion, uh, dissent, protest. Uh, it, it's it's crazy what's going on. Uh, she's unfortunately yeah. not alone. Uh, since April 4th, the indictments rained down on President Trump. He now is facing four separate indictments. He is facing over 91 counts. He's looking at over 700 years uh, in prison if he were found guilty of all of them. If this isn't within this time span to have uh, these local and uh, state uh, prosecutors go after him uh, to do so with highly suspect timing, uh, the American people have are I think they have to be seeing through this. Uh, don't you think? Yeah, no, they definitely are. And they also understand that when you're focused on something like this, there's an opportunity cost associated with it as well. And that, of course, is the record levels of crime we're seeing in these urban areas. So there's there's that issue. There's the fundamental issue, which you pointed out, which I think is so clear and, and, and so important. This attack on politics, you, this, this attack on the First Amendment free speech rights of, of the president and others who were simply engaged in in in. And doing what ha- I mean, was a Dershowitz who said we we asked the same questions. We were asking the same things back in 2000 when Dershowitz was working to help Al Gore. It's a crime, which is just political activity and First Amendment protected activity. That this is what is so frightening. But the left, their quest to control, their quest for power, uh, is, is it seems to just be a, like they're willing to do things we've never seen before, and and of course. That includes attacking the First Amendment liberties of the American people. We're talking with the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, Congressman Jim Jordan. We'll return in just one moment. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We're back with Congressman Jim Jordan. Uh, Mr. Chairman, let me... Let me turn to this issue that uh, you brought up uh, of opportunity cost. The amount of taxpayer money uh, going into these persecutions of President Trump, the the taxpayer money that's being spent on special counsels, to no end, only wrongdoing that has been turned up over the course of these eight years of the political persecution of Trump has been the wrongdoing of the FBI, the Department of Justice, yeah. uh, and uh, various agencies of the federal government, including uh, the the intelligence community. What in the world uh, are we going? Is there a legislative response to this that says this will never have to see this again? Uh, because there's no, it's just going on and on. 
Yeah, a, a couple of things. That's a great question. Uh, uh, one, when you re- reference the intelligence community and, and the Justice Department, they understand FISA is up. The FISA law is up. The uh, part of that is up for reauthorization. So we're looking to make sure we do major changes to that before we would ever reauthorize it. So that that's one direct avenue. Second, specific to the president situation, uh, a couple of my colleagues who are on the um, uh, Judiciary Committee have introduced good legislation. One, it, one simply says, if you're going after a president or former president, that case has to be done in federal court. After all, we're talking about the president, a federal office, the commander in chief. Um, so that, that we think that's a, a piece of legislation that's been introduced that we think makes sense that uh, to, to, to kind of get to this issue of these local, uh, many times left left backed, left endorsed, left supported prosecutors who are soft on crime but but do crazy things about going after their political opposition. So that, that's a that's a piece of legislation that has been introduced. This happened right at right when we uh, were dealing with uh, initially dealing with the Alvin Bragg situation up in Manhattan. So. Uh, yeah, there are there are some specific pieces of legislation we can look at. It. And then, as I mentioned before, we got to use the appropriations process, the, the the power of the purse and the ability to control. I mean, the legislature, the Congress uh, determines where money gets spent. So uh, that's another avenue we're looking at as we're heading into the end of our fiscal year and doing the appropriations. With all the investigations you've got going, uh, I'm going to say this plainly. As you know, I'm pretty plain spoken. Uh, <laughs> McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, sold out the Republican conference and much of its agenda when he agreed to what could be as much as $4 trillion in spending beyond anything recognized in an agreement with the 118th Congress. Uh, right now, we know that he is interested in investigating the wildfires on Maui. Uh, he called for that. Uh, and that's all well and good. But primary in the minds of most, I believe, most Americans is a, a commander in chief who is corrupt as he can be. It is the most corrupt administration in American history. We already know that because of the results that you and your other investigating committees have produced already. Uh, it's not a court of law, but what you have in front of you is sufficient to prosecute anyone. Uh, is he ever going to approve uh, a an an impeachment inquiry? Well, he, the speaker has been clear. He, he said we'll, we'll be driven by the facts and the evidence, and and if it, and if it warrants that, then we will go to an impeachment inquiry phase of this investigation. I, I think we're we're very close, Lou. I really do. I I I would not that be surprised at all if we have that resolution. Um, in September sometime when we're back in, in, in Congress, back in session, uh, have that resolution and, and have a vote on it. Now, the key is, if we're going to do that, um, you, you, need to, you need to see if the full conference is supportive of that, because we're not going to get any Democrat support. And it should be driven by the facts, should be driven by the Constitution, should be driven by our duty to the American people. And I do think that um, that's the direction we're headed, because the evidence you know, the, the left always says, oh, there's no evidence that Joe Biden. There's tons of evidence out there. There's the 20 different companies. There's the nine different families getting paid. There, there's there's the, the, the WhatsApp message. There's the, the 10% for the big guy uh, email. There's the testimony of Devin Archer. There's the dinners, the phone calls, the meetings, for goodness sake. So on and on it goes. And then there's the actions Joe Biden took five days after that meeting in Dubai between Burisma officials and Hunter Biden and Devin Archer. Five days later, he goes to Kiev and attacks the prosecutor there, the very prosecutor who our State Department said was doing was doing fine, and they were willing to give a billion dollars of American taxpayer money to Ukraine. So there's all that. If that's not evidence, I don't know what is. So 
um, yeah, I do think it's likely that we get to that point based on um, based on the facts and evidence that we're uncovering. Oh, that's encouraging, and and I and I think personally, I think that, that is absolutely critical because I I, I suspect. I don't know if you'll acknowledge this, but I suspect that you're feeling very clearly the the time pressure uh, and also the the public view that's boiling over right now about what uh, what we face in our government. The the Marxist Dems, let's to be very direct, taken over our federal government. Uh, Congressman, I can't think of a single agency that isn't under the uh, influence and direct control of the Marxist Dems uh, and the very familiar deep state characters that have been part of uh, the uh, of this uh, horrible uh, persecution of President Trump uh, for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there is there is some positive news, uh, Lou, with uh you know, talk about these various agencies, you know, you got the DHS who had, tried to set up a disinformation governance board. You got what we've uncovered, the censorship uh, focus of, of, of the FBI and others. But the positive news is the IRS announced four weeks ago they will no longer be sending agents to Americans' homes making unannounced visits. And, of course, the, the IRS said, well, we're doing that for our agents' security and for their protection. Baloney. You're, they're doing that because we caught them knocking on a journalist's door while that journalist was testifying in front of our committee. I mean, the, the, I the, the, that, that's why they changed their behavior. So uh, we're making some progress there and with some of these other agencies. But our job is to continue to do do our oversight, do the work that the Constitution requires us to do. And we're uh, we're committed to doing that. Well, you're doing uh, the Lord's work. And uh, without the 118th Congress and Congressman Jim Jordan leading the investigating committees, uh, we would not be here uh, near what we hope will be in September, a, an impeachment inquiry. Let me ask you this. Do you think all of these cases are, in fact, election interference in their combination and their uh, cumulative weight? Well, yeah. I mean, remember, it was just a little over a year ago they knocked on President Trump's door raided his home, didn't probably knock, they just came in, uh, uh, raided his home 91 days before the midterm election. And then think of what they've done. And he, here's the guy leading in every poll. And they're, they're now, this is the fourth indictment that he faces in Georgia. So it's Manhattan, it's D.C., it's Miami, and it's Atlanta. I mean, of course, that's election interference. And that's on top of what we what we uncovered this year in the Congress. We uncovered what they did in 2020 with the with the 51 former Intel officials yep. in their memo and the way they pre-bunked the Hunter Biden laptop story. And now we have uncovered because these two brave whistleblowers came forward, how David Weiss and the Justice Department were running this investigation uh, into uh, President Biden's uh, family business, his son's business. So, yeah, this is this is all, I think, designed to increase the chances for President Biden to win, decrease and hurt President Trump. But I don't think it's going to work. I think the American people know what's going on, and they know how good of a president President Trump was and what he got accomplished. I think they're. Uh, I think he's going to be our next president. That's certainly what I hope happens. Absolutely, Congressman Jim Jordan. Thanks, sir. We appreciate it. You bet, Luke. Thanks for all you do. Take care, brother. Congressman Jim Jordan, a great American. Thanks everybody for being with us. Our guest here tomorrow, Congressman Matt Rosendale, Freedom Caucus member, one of the brave twenty who demanded and won reforms for the 118th Congress. Follow me on X and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs and on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. Be sure to go to LouDobbs.com. Join us tomorrow for The Great America Show. Until then, thanks, God bless you, God bless America.